to reflect, connect, and transcend internal and external barriers. We are your hosts, Bathsheba Smithen and Joanne Nelson Gerbier. Yes, 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 let's go, Joanne. I'm excited to be here. You excited, girl? I am very excited to be here. And this season, we're talking about um, self-image and issues, well, issues of self-image and um, identity. We're talking about magazines, models, and and all of those issues that come with that process. So who we ha- who do we have here today with us? We have Jaquez. Jaquez Jefferson. I keep wanting to call him JJ, but I, I like that. <laughs> I was going to say, that he has JJ. Interesting, because they call me Jay. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. okay, okay. I like the nickname. His, his nickname is actually Jock. Mm-hmm. And he's a writer um, and a phenomenal writer at that. Um, Jaquez, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, like... I, I know you probably, you, you seem really modest, like you don't want to talk a lot about yourself. So I'm going to put the ball in your court and go ahead and okay. let you talk about yourself. Uh, Peace World, Jaquez Jefferson, also known as J-Rod And I do poetry and I'm going to write books. I'm a writer. Um, I currently have a book out called Sophia. It's a collection of poems on life, love, and spirituality from my point of view. Currently, I'm an educator at Academy Achievement Prep Academy, pardon me. I'm a charter school in D.C., Southeast D.C., 
and we prepare our scholars to be high achieving leaders in college and beyond after high school. So it's middle school work, uh, fifth grade, ELA, and I love what I do. And uh, that's a little bit about me. So tell us a little bit about, um, no, before we get there, <laughs> how old are you, Jacquez? Because you just told us that you teach. Um, and I know that you went to, you You graduated from the university. Have you already graduated? Yeah, I graduated. Right, yeah. Right, you graduated. Wow, please tell um, us your age. Yeah, please tell us <laughs> And you've written a book called Sophia. Yeah, so tell, yeah. tell the people how old you are. Uh, 25 years old, 25. <laughs> <laughs> he accomplished a lot. Right. Good. Nice. So talk about your, what would you say is your area of brilliance? Uh, I like to consider interpersonal. Um, I'm very introspective myself. So interpersonal as far as the emotional quality of things, understanding how people can connect and how they vibe with each other, and also how to f trying to figure out a way of bringing uh, certain people together for a common cause, for the greater good, as you can say. But I like to consider myself uh, interpersonally. So that goes as far as how we think about each other, how we deal with each other, and how we feel about each other. Nice. Yeah. I like that, which has a lot, which has a um, has a lot to say of what we mm -hmm. talk about. How you connect with your community. Yes, ma'am. I like that. Yeah. So, how do you um, how do you teach that to others? Like, how do you teach other people to reflect more? It just goes back to you really just sitting back and stripping away any kind of impurity or any kind of thing that will hold you back from really focusing on the main thing. Uh, you gotta find out what your main thing is and focus in on that, hone in on that. And uh, in time, you'll, you'll see a lot of things develop from you just focusing on that main thing. Uh, for example, like in school, if a student says, uh, I just wanna raise my hand today, I'm just raise my hand. And by the end of the day, they may have raised their hand plenty of times, got a question wrong, got a question right, but they still raise their hand. They uh, get the effort and they also get the colleagues to feed off that energy as well. The teacher gonna notice them and um, they may get some perks later on, like some extra homework, some extra homework and assignment, things of that nature. So uh, just focus on the main thing. So um, I, we had an offline conversation where you were expressing that you are a five percenter, yes. right? Yes. And it's interesting because I'm Christian mm -hmm. and we both have gone on this journey of trying to kind of... Um, get rid of all of the impurities like and i don't think that you ever get rid of all of right. them but kind of trying to get to the core of who you are outside of like what other people's opinions mm -hmm. are their expectations and everything else talk a little bit about your experience growing up talk a little bit about your experience growing up that led you to the place of saying let me do some further investigation. I think a lot of young people want to hear about that because oftentimes, like adults say, you know, like young people don't really know what they want. Right. <laughs> uh, for me, I use an example. Um, my uncle, uh, I was in Sunday school growing up. I grew up in a church, Christian family, and uh, I thrived in that community as far as like how I took hold of um, teachings from the Bible. And what I was saying, what Jesus was saying, I took hold of that and I ran with it. And I think I did pretty good with um, just living that, modeling that. So my uncle was a, a minister at the time and he was teaching Bible study, he got arrested, so um, Sunday school. And he told us, uh, it was like a bunch of us, who was like 9th, 10th, 11th graders, uh, some 7th, some 8th graders. And he was saying, don't worry about being liked. 
just focus on you. And that was like so powerful because in high school, you're like, man, I wonder if the girls like me, I wonder if I'm popular, I wonder if, you know, all that and above. So I started just focusing on not being liked and uh, really showing respect to other people. And I was able to be the guy every table in the lunchroom, you know, because I was friends with the people who people looked down upon. I was also cool with the people who uh, people looked up to. And all because I showed that mutual respect. And um, it just go, it just started off with me just looking at myself and not where I'm being liked and really focusing on, uh, do I really respect myself enough to go out there and respect someone else um, as the best I could. And that's how, that's, that's how it started. Okay. So in five words or less, tell us what motivates you. Uh, love, love, peace, happiness, satisfaction, and education. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah, like, like love, that. peace, satisfaction, education. What's your fifth one? Uh, love, peace, happiness, satisfaction, and peace. No, love, peace, happiness, satisfaction, and education. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Last, you know I love that last one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I re- what really stands out to me is the satisfaction piece. Mm-hmm. And before we even get to talking about um, satisfaction, I want to ask you about what you said earlier when you were talking about um, just being okay with being yourself mm-hmm. and not necessarily fit- fitting in. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of young people um, deal with not being able to fit in. And that's what we're talking about this season. We're talking about self-image, body image issues. Like, talk about, tell us a little bit about times where you have been rejected because of maybe even the way you dressed, how you looked, or mm-hmm. what the way you thought, and what you did to come out of that. Uh, as an example, as far as, like, my poetry and, um, like, the things I stand for, the things that I try to ascribe, my, ascribe to and um, model in my life. Um, it kind of rubs people the wrong way, especially if you, it's kind of like being convicted in a sense. Like, you know you're not living right, like get together. But it's not my intent, it's more so like, this, this is my perspective on things, this is how I'm trying to live my life. And if it touches you that way, it touches you that way. But I've been uh, shunned, not in the sense of being completely exiled, but more so being like, you don't get certain invites to certain parties, or, you know, cause you're doing a certain thing. Oh, we know Jock ain't about to be doing what we do. We're going to go ahead and do this without him. And it's kind of like, I took it personally at first. Um, but then I didn't realize that uh, everybody ain't going to be the same wave you want. And um, it just goes back to me recognizing that regardless of whom or what, I have a piece of magnetic. I can be attractive in my own way. And uh, I think that's a lot of young folks should understand that they're attractive in their own way and they'll attract who they can attract, who is attracted to that piece of magnetic within them. But they got to recognize that and embrace that and grow it and develop that. Because without that piece, you'll be worrying about someone else and you'll be hopping on the next wave and the next wave and the next wave and trying to be part of the next group and the next group instead of just being yourself. So that starts off with just you being satisfied with who you are. So you normally put that all in writing? In various ways, yeah. In various ways. It, it all comes back to that in some way, form, or fashion. Somewhere. So you said peaceful magnetic. <laughs> uh, peace of magnetic. The peace, peace of. of yeah. The peace of magnetic. Yeah. So can you, can you get the, the definition of that? Um, the piece of magnetic, or better yet, the piece with magnetic, is um, just being that attractive part. That's in, in a nutshell, being that attractive part, the part that attracts. So I think, I, I think um, Joanne definitely exhibits that quality. Like she draws people right. to her, right? Like I do. Right. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay. It doesn't matter where I am. How so? 
I just always have, it's, it's just interesting. No matter where I am, I just could easily strike a conversation with just anybody, anybody. I've always been a people's person and um, people just open up to me and always want to just share their That's life. Share sometimes too much. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, for example. Huh? Like you are your way to go get a bite to eat is somebody just stops you and they want to like, Oh, it's like that? And it stop you and just say, hey. Like just for example, right? Uh -huh. When I just got off the metro, this guy, he realized that I was looking to see where to get out on 7th Street because right. I normally drive around the DMV area. And he said, oh, let me just help you. And he just took my phone. He said, okay, you're going to come out this way. And we just started talking. He was like, where are you from? I said, I'm from New York. Like just flow for no reason. Just it's probably because people think you're attractive. <laughs> that could be the nah, you know, key. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm very married and very happy. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm just but saying. People, still you I'm just saying. No. Yeah, I'm not. Very yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk about that. What does peace look like for young people with this chaotic? With every, oh, all the chaos, yes. with all that's Good happening question. with um, the police and everything else, and how do they hold on to who they are in the midst of that? How do they keep their peace? Peace, well, in that sense, they really have to be connected with the smallest thing that you can have hope for and that you're working towards. Like, um, America won't change overnight. And it may not change in my lifetime or their lifetime, but just having that thing they can put their hope in, that they're gonna make that a reality with their life. Uh, whether it's family, I mean, regardless, I'm gonna have my family as tight as we can be, or it can be, uh, I'm gonna go and get this career, I'm gonna go and get this money, however I can get it in a positive way. I'm gonna chase this dream, and that can bring peace to somebody. But I think it just goes from uh, working in a way that can stop that without having to exhaust yourself. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Now, you have like done a lot and you're a poet. Um, and, and you like to go by the title writer because- And he's 25. And he's 25, I'm right? impressed. Ladies, listen, he is 25 years old. And <laughs> the brother <laughs> can write. <laughs> Hello. So if he's, a, if, 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 when you're a writer, I mean, the. The sky is the limit, right? You have so many things that you can do mm -hmm. with that skill. And I want young people to remember that while they're in school because you can go into songwriting, you mm -hmm. can perform, you can you can write um, plays, etc. I want you to give the people the people something to move on. Like mm -hmm. do you have a piece like right off the top that you can give us right now that would inspire young people? to be true to who they are. Go ahead, freestyle, do it. Okay, uh, I can use one I did before, I can use a different one, it all depends on what's the flavor of the show today. Surpri I, surprise I, I, us. Whatever you wanna okay. do, bro. Please um, surprise us. Here. Slow down your running. Slow down your running. Get your chips and dip like hummus. From hands to hands like lovers. Youngins killing for hundreds, bugging. Thuggin, who flick the bick and get lifted quick. The liquor drips for the departed. Sinners and martyrs see. Sinners has entered the garden and made these menaces with illicit tricks. 
then corrupted said garden, and we wonder why we're starving and consuming fast foods that reduce life to a sprint. It was a marathon, not won by swiftness or strength. That's why there's sickness within our own communities and few with immunity. It's selling them muddy, we need to study. Holy Bibles or Quran like a reverend or iman and try to be on levels beyond legends cause pilons, devils, see God and born rebels against each other like how could you murder your brother when you have the same mother? Cain enabling. Cain enabled them, enabled to sin. Enablers only enable those who feel unable to win. From within, peace is powerful. Asleep in the ship while the winds rip and them waves are rumbling. You muzzle it like dog lips in this last hour. The devil is slick. Guard against evil and he won't be tempted to seek these evil devices that might attempt to hogtie you by the rope of liars lassoed. Can't build your house upon sand and won't stand when the winds of opposition blow. Watch it crumble like Jericho. Watch it crumble like cookies do. And spoiled milk tastes horrible. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ladies, All right. Uh, <laughs> but, so, um, how many poems have you written? So far, it's crazy. Uh, it's like every phase of my life, I have like a book of poems, and somehow I always lose it. I don't know what happened. I lose it, or if it's my, it's an old phone, and I lose the phone, or the phone dies and never comes back on. Uh, so I can't really tell you how many I've written, but I know in this right here is probably at least a good hundred. I'm um, just in my notes, and then I have uh, like some stuff, some doodles and drawing. It's, it's a lot. How old were you when you wrote when your first, first poem? My first poem was like a freestyle. I was like seven, eight years old. And it was like simple. I get the education for the whole nation. Now I'm free, so be like me. That was like seven, eight years old. And what? <laughs> I remember that like it was yesterday. So that's the first time I said something. When I finally started writing, it was in middle school. And I was writing my math class, how much I hated math. Uh, I didn't get it. I couldn't understand it. And I was just frustrated. And I was writing about how I think the teacher is like picking on me. Cause you know I don't get it. You trying to make fun of me in the class, and you know the girl I like, she was laughing at me because I wasn't the smart guy and all this other stuff. So I was just venting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you knew from the age of seven that that was your gift. Uh, sure. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I can say I knew. I mean, I guess it it just came out of me. So you know, I guess that I, I was thinking about it in some way. Or just trying to find words that rhymed, I guess. But uh, I wouldn't say I really knew this, what I wanted to do until um, about high school. High school, I was in um, like 10th, 11th grade. I said, I'm going to take this seriously. Whoever take me, I'm just going to do it. Nice. So, Jacquez, what makes you cage free? Uh, I think. Um, it goes back to, with me, it's like spirituality, really. Like, that's like the main thing that I've uh, been trying to figure out for my whole life as far as like how I want to do this. Because I was born and raised, like I said, in a Christian family, Christian household. And within um, that area, I thrived because I took hold on teachings and I, I really lived it. And I really walked it out. I was the president of Bible study in college and I was a uh, president of different organizations, leading Bible studies and leading people uh, in different capacities. Um, so, when I made a, sh a sudden shift, it was like a a rock had hit my uh, my ship and it was sinking because I built everything within this system instead of finding myself within that system. And so it went back to me just finding out who I was and what I really wanted to do. And so what makes me free is that uh, I've decided to take ownership of my life. I've decided that regardless of whom or what, love, hell or right, I'm going to just work 
as hard as I can to create the reality I want to create. And I'm doing that with the sense of I want to bring the greatest good to not only my own life, but to those who I can affect. And so it goes back to me really um, being strict and disciplined in how I carry myself. And that's a, more than I can say that I was doing um, when I was in college and stuff like that, because I'm taking care of like my diet and um, how I wake up and you know what I'm saying, like um, what time I go to bed, like small stuff. I'm how, how, how I handle my money and just, just comes with maturity and uh, wisdom. So I think I'm free in that kind of sense, like how I live my life, my culture makes me free. If you could give the youth a charge, what would it be? Study, 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 study. Study, don't stop studying, never stop studying. You wanna be, uh, my boss, um, the principal of the school I work at, She and the CEO and the founder, she does all that stuff. She uh, gave us an analogy because she was trying to give us educators a charge for the school year. And she said, um, think about your most beloved, precious, cherished loved one and imagine them being sick. And imagine you have Dr. A who comes into the room and he has the charts and he's looking at him and he, you can tell he didn't really study what's going on. And he comes to you and say, yeah, it looks like you have this going on. Uh, we're gonna try and figure out what we can do. But uh, you know, he, he just seems like he doesn't know what's going on. And you have Dr. B who comes in and they treat your loved one like you would treat your loved one. So she was saying, don't be Dr. A, be Dr. B. And so that's how I carry uh, my work. That's how I carry my life. And I'll say that same thing to the youth, be Dr. B. Um, be the one that would treat your most precious gift be the one that would treat someone else's precious gift as you would treat your own precious gift. So it just puts you in a sense of putting yourself in someone else's shoes, really trying to seek understanding before you be understood. And uh, study, study, study so that you can be the best you can be in whatever capacity you want to be in a righteous sense. You know, not just be the best, you know, dope boy you can be or be the best, you know, Instagram model you can be if that's your thing, but more so <laughs> be the best in what you can be in a righteous sense. You're a deep brother. For 25, like, you don't really find a lot of 20 year olds, right? That deep. Right, I, I think they're, they're definitely out there. They're few and far between. A right? diamond in a rough? Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see you when you're like 30. I mean, it's just five years later. Right? <laughs> yeah, I got a little image of how, how, how I see myself when I'm like 60. Wow, you're thinking way down yeah, the line. I, like I don't 60. even think I've thought about 60. I know, years. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I just turned 40 last month. Like, Ooh. 60 is a long yeah. way. Everything was 60. So <laughs> we definitely like to thank you for straight up, joining straight up. us on the show. Yes. Um, how, can, how can young people reach you? How can they get to your show? Um, social media. Uh, Instagram is the one that I use primarily. I don't have a Snapchat. And then Facebook is for family. So okay. I use uh, Instagram. Um, to promote my shows and little, little bits and pieces of the new book I'm working on right now. Um, that's Instagram. Uh, so you can search me at J-R-A-D-I. That's all one word. They can find me there. Yeah, the information on my shows, all that stuff. Can't wait until your uh, website comes out. Oh, yeah. That's in the I works. understand that you're, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's in the works. So we'd like to thank Impact Hub DC for sponsoring this show. Um, this is, again, Bathsheba Smithen and Joanne Nelson-Gerpier. we also like to thank um, Matthew Ashton, our engineer, yeah. who so graciously yeah. engineers for us. Today's break music was provided by Bathsheba Smithen. That's me, your girl. I hope you like the track. It's called Download It. That's our theme song. 
And again, we'd like to thank Impact Hub for being our sponsor. Thank you so much for joining us for this amazing episode regarding self-image and identity. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends to subscribe to the show on iTunes and feel free to get in touch with us at cagefreevoices.com. That's cagefreevoices.com, C-A-G-E-F-R-E-E-V-O-I-C-E-S.com. Remember, before you shut this down and you stop listening, remember to see yourself even if the world is blind. Reflect, connect, and transcend every barrier that will try to cage your voice. Be free. Thank you.